Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning. This podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. Whatever a spider can Spins a web any size Catches thieves just like flies Look out, here comes the Spider-Man Hey, so I have a question uh, to both of you. What was your first introduction to Spider-Man? Not necessarily movie, comic book, TV show. Where... And how? Like, what was your first introduction to? Oh, this is a character that exists. I have two, two introductions. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's possible. It it, it, <laughs> it is because I don't. No, no, that's who how first. introductions. Were. Oh, okay, okay. There's I just a memory don't lapse. First. There. Um, it's uh, one was my uncle growing up uh, used to collect action figures, specifically X Men. But he also nice. really loved Spider-Man. So I, he used to have an entire room where they were just like, like tacked, structured, oh, sure. ordered on the wall. Ah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there were TV shows, mostly. Uh, the ones growing up in the in the 90s, those were the ones that also gave me the introduction. I don't know which came first, because I don't remember which one came first, but they were around the same time. So I'm just like, together. Yeah, I love that. I, I had to have been the Saturday morning cartoon. I think had to have been. Um, I was a big X Men fan, so I you know loved the games of X Men, and I would watch the Saturday morning cartoons, and they always were back to back. I forget which one came first, but it was always like X X Men and then Spider Man, and so I would. I, it was there. It had to have been there because I don't think I was a very big Spider Man comic reader until I was a bit older. Um, sure. But I remember watching those cartoons. Like I remember the theme song. I remember like the look and the feel of those, those cartoons. <clears throat> it interesting. So, Spider Man is kind of one of those things that sort of feels like it's always been around. Yeah. Both of you have a very like what I would consider a normal introduction. It just kind of like floated into your sphere. Yeah. Uh, so I have a very distinct run first run in with Spider Man. Uh, I had a friend growing up, his name was Cody, and I used to go to his house after school when Power Rangers was, like, huge, right? Okay. Uh, oh, I remember and, Power Rangers. But, like, first first season Power Rangers, like, we're talking, like, the Putties and Rita Repulsa Wait, and... Was this pre-Tommy? This was pre-Tommy. This is, like, OG, OG. Okay, used to, okay. We used to hang out, and we would play... Uh, Power Rangers and one day I went to his house and he was like hey man we I know we love Power Rangers I got this other thing that I think 
you're going to love. And my uncle got it for me. And I was like, okay, what is it? And he pulls out this dubbed like, like VHS tape, like a blank VHS that had, you know, like somebody self-recorded it. And we proceeded to watch the Japanese Spider-Man series that had uh, like, he had like a Megazord and shit like Power Rangers. What? What? Yeah. Wait, hold on. Wait, what? Where was this from? Oh, see, now he's got to look it up. It's a Japanese Spider Man series. Check it out. Uh, and he had like, it's called like, uh, oh, God, I can't even remember. It's like uh, Japanese Spider Man. <laughs> Yakuya Yamashiro. Earth. Yep. Oh no no that's that's somebody else. Oh that, no oh Japanese Spider Man best parts and it is it's just it's like oh Power Rangers. God in heaven but it looks Spider-Man. like Power Rangers, but it's Power Rangers, but someone's dressed as Spider Man. <laughs> How does this exist? It's amazing. So that was my very first like introduction like to Spider Man as a character. In general, yeah. that's so wrong. Japanese Spider-Man. Uh, so, with that being said, I think we should high five. Yeah. Okay. High five. Should we high five? High five. High five. High five. High five. High five, son. Woo! High five. Don't let me hang it. All right. So. Spider-Man. I'm so glad that you Spider-Man. that you guys high fived me on that. A can. <laughs> Uh, and let me tell you what, Spider-Man can do a lot of things, like control a massive building-sized robot. That's uh, true, but you know what he can't do? Fly? Open a, show on, open a show on Broadway. Well, no, he can. He just also uh, closes that show on Broadway very quickly. Mia, you look confused. you have any idea what I'm talking about? They did a Broadway show for Spider-Man? Oh, yes. yes it, was, it, was, it was called Turn Off the Dark. And it was a huge disaster. And, ready for this, it was directed by Julie Taymor, who, not only being an amazing director in her own right, mm-hmm. also directed and art directed the very successful Lion King the musical on Broadway. So by all accounts... It should have succeeded. It worked. Yeah. Although, but it, was, it, it was did so have crazy. a... It did have music by U2 was... Who they decided yeah. to partner with for whatever reason. And, and they had like like they there had harnesses that were supposed to fly the Spider-Man actor like out over the crowd, but they kept breaking and hurting people. And yeah. One of them, one of the most famous situations was I actually have a very interesting factoid to tell you guys. One of the most uh famous situations was on one of their preview shows, the actor is supposed to run out to like a building that's like at an angle and dive off of the building and into and like and kind of like soar down like you know how Spider-Man jumps off things and like lands on his yeah. feet. Well, the safety cable came disconnected from the performer and he ran and he jumped and he fell into the orchestra pit like like 30 feet like just into the orchestra pit and like broke his ribs, broke his leg, <laughs> like shattered his arm, crazy stuff. 
That is not the interesting factoid. The interesting factoid is the company I work for now made the lizard in Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark for Broadway. What? Oh, nice. Very cool. That is a cool factoid. So we have pieces such as the mold for Bonesaw from the show or from the Broadway show, like in our studio. That's cool. That is insane. It's crazy. So lizard- crazy, crazy thing. Lizard is a fun, uh, let's a fun kind of segue villain into a Spider-Man conversation. How, how familiar are you guys with the Spider-Man and like universe and like rogues gallery and all of that? I mean, obviously, you know, everybody knows like Batman's kind of list of villains. When it comes to Spider-Man, like where do you guys land on? uh, Are you fans of his universe? Like what's going on? Where do you guys land on Spider-Man? I feel like a lot of his villains were tossed to him because they weren't mature enough for the older superheroes. <laughs> the villains? Yeah. You think so? Yeah, I Interesting. I do. I and <laughs> right. like even some of Batman's, I feel like I feel like you were just thrown in here because somebody felt bad. And just uh. <laughs> like needed to put it somewhere. Owie. So yeah, and that's how I feel about most of like the the Rhino one. Like, I will say I believe Spider Man outside of Batman and mm. DC, Spider Man has maybe the best Rogues Gallery in Marvel. That's uh, kind of why I wanted to ask because like, I mean you have the X Men and they've got like their big ones you they've got their magnetos and their apocalypses but like spider-man seems to have the deepest gallery like mysterio is an awesome villain uh the green goblin is an awesome villain electro is awesome uh i'm just trying to think of like a craven the hunter fucking awesome shocker was fun um some shocker and electro kind of run yeah. together for me i feel like they're kingpin, kind of a repeat kingpin is uh i can't i cannot get vincent d'onofrio's kingpin portrayal out of my head like for me so his kingpin good. is is like the kingpin yes sorry i'm um, a huge d'onofrio fan he is yeah like oh, at the top of my list so i'm just like he's one of the well, he's one of the best best actors well he shouldn't there. be at the top of your list because this is a spider-man list and oh, he no, is not like, a spider-man <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, I'm um, just kidding. I mean, obvi- obviously, you've got your Venoms and your Carnage. I mean, those are always fun. I remember, oh, does anybody remember the old Sega Genesis game, the Carnage Spider-Man game? Oh, definitely. I, capital L, loved that game. Rise of Carnage or Day of Carnage or something like that. I forget. It was great. I will say, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say there's definitely a Spider-Man game that I remember from being really, really little. So I'm just going to say that, yes, that that is the game. That that's there the one? definitely a Spider-Man yeah. game that I remember. It's got to be that. It's got to be that one. There is, um, there is something very unique that I think works with Spider-Man and his rogues gallery is that like Batman and his rogues gallery, Batman is a reflection of his rogues gallery, right? So like Batman is technically an insane person at his core. And yeah. so is his rogues gallery. So it's like insane person versus insane person. 
just they fall on two different sides yeah. of good and bad. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man, on the other hand, is a child, oftentimes yeah. versus adults. And I always thought that that was an interesting dynamic because it it pushes his villains to seem even more monstrous. Like they don't know that he's a child necessarily, mm-hmm. but the reader does. And so you know that these dudes are trying to kill a kid. Like yeah. these guys are like actively trying to kill like a teenager, right? And you have Peter Parker who is a kid with these superpowers, not like Shazam, who is a kid and then becomes an adult. Yeah. But he is a kid with superpowers. And the idea that he is not this crazy person, he doesn't put on a costume because, you know, he has some sort of like childhood trauma, although he does because the Uncle Ben thing. Sure. He does it it because he... He, as a kid, wants to make a difference. Like, he just wants yeah. to, like, help. And well, he that feels like is... he has to. He feels like he needs to because of the, the whole Ben backstory of, like, you have these powers, so it is your responsibility to use them. To do something with it. And so his rogues gallery almost it, it 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 felt weird because it is like a teenage mentality you know becoming spider-man didn't like make him a super genius he was already yeah. kind of a super genius but his rogues gallery are these like full-grown dudes who have like committed to a life of villainy and plunder versus this like super smart kid <laughs> who has <laughs> has ha, doesn't even really know that much about life yet other than like I have a crush on this girl in my school and best friend I live with my aunt and I still have to complete my homework and somehow I have all of these superpowers <laughs> that I need to do things with I have something to add to okay yeah please said. just just well because you're convincing me okay from what I was saying earlier and to add to that This is a child who has the opportunity to make a difference and is actively doing so and doing it successfully. These adults, a lot of them, from what I can remember from their stories, uh, were failed in whatever it is that they were trying to do and continue to fail and continue to fail and continue to fail no matter how hard they try. And they finally reach that point where they're just like, you know what? F it. F this continuing to try to grow past all of these failures. F all of that stuff. I'm just going to do these bad things because the world has done me wrong. And Spider-Man had this uh, two tragic events, the spider bite and Uncle Ben. And he still is just like, you know what? I'm still going to do the right Right. thing. Exactly. It's it's the dynamic of you can either break bad to use, you know, a television term or you can break good. Some people have trauma that breaks them bad and they, you know, deal with that and become horrible, terrible people. And then some people deal with trauma and they break good and they decide to, you know, rebel against the trauma that came against them and instead try to go the opposite route and do like massive positive things. Yeah. So I love the Spider-Man character. All that to be said, I love the Spider-Man character as a whole. I think it's very interesting. I think his rogues gallery kicks ass. Um, If not only for the fact that they have such an interesting dynamic with this kid. Uh, So I'm super into that. Uh, Jay, we've answered your question. What do you think? Yeah, I... 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'm i kind of in, this, in the same boat. Spider-Man, for me, always had, like, a really interesting collection of bad guys. Um, and, you know, Maximum Carnage was the name of that game, by the way. Okay, okay. And it was basically one of those side-scroller games, and you could play as Venom, yeah. Carnage, or Spider-Man, and it was awesome. Um, but, yeah, I... I've always enjoyed the the Spider-Man rogues gallery. I mean, outside of the ones like Doc Ock and the Vulture and Kingpin, some of the ones that we've mentioned, like there were just fun ones. Mysterio was always a fun uh, villain, in my opinion. I liked his gimmick. I liked his, you know, look and his aesthetic. Um, but for me, yeah, Spider-Man was always that, like, DC is what they wanted was the dark darker comics marvel has always been the more light and airy ones and i think spider-man sort of encapsulates that because it's bright colors it's bright characters it's you know the vulture it's you know it's big and, and i like that about very Spider-Man. like golden age feely yeah mm-hmm. and i've always liked that the only thing and now that we to segue into kind of the movies is I sort of feel like that may be where the movies have let me down in the past and where the movies that rank highly on my list are are the ones that use Spider-Man's universe and Spider-Man's like villains the best. I didn't love when they're like reusing villains a whole bunch in those Spider-Man movies. I was very much more like, ooh, yes, give me Mysterio or give me Vulture, give me whatever. You know, so the movies I feel like or, or, uh, or a mixed bag. <laughs> say. Yeah, and and we should say that um, you know the movies have gone through a crazy development stage. So <clears throat> I don't know if you guys are super aware, but Spider Man they've been trying to get Spider Man movies made for a long time. They had one that came out in the seventies or eighties that was like a made for TV Spider Man movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, they had a live action series for a little while. They had the cartoon series, obviously, that everybody's familiar with. Um, they have the one of the greatest superhero theme songs ever that came out of that, the Spider-Man. Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Yeah. Um, but there was a time period in the 90s where they were really, really, really trying to make a Spider-Man movie. And James Cameron was attached to make this Spider-Man movie. And if I remember correctly, I think it was, I think it was James Cameron and Leonardo DiCaprio, who was originally supposed to be Peter Parker. I may be wrong on that one, but I do know for a fact that it was James Cameron. And he saw Spider-Man. This is so interesting because normally I have a huge affinity for James Cameron. I think he's a fantastic filmmaker, but he saw Spider-Man. It was Leo. It was. Okay. He yeah. saw Spider-Man as an opportunity to explore puberty through the eyes of a superhero. And he was really stuck on the idea of like webbing being a stand-in for like ejaculation. And you can actually read, I know Mia, you're probably thinking, Jesus, every conversation we've had <laughs> this recording day has no. involved penises. Somehow. This is all about Spider-Man, though. This is not us. This is James blame, Cameron's fault. Blame James Cameron for this, not I me. Do I blame him? So he had some actually like in there's some script leaks that you can read, like his his early draft treatments. There are some scenes that were written where like Aunt May walks in on peter like playing with his webbing 
And he gets like super embarrassed and like weird about it as if he, she like caught him masturbating. Like he's like, oh, nothing. And there's also his first time like having it is having the webbing, not like ejaculating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm is, getting confused. Is the opening scene was he gets bit by the spider, he goes to sleep, and he wakes up webbed to his ceiling. Right? <laughs> Wait, From, I'm pretty sure that's I'm pretty sure that's in the scary movie. It is in the scary movie. Uh but he wakes up as if like he had a wet dream kind of thing. And there's a, a lot of like dream. really, <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of really uncomfortable parallels. Um, he, James Cameron was one of the ones who really pushed for the web shooters to be organic instead of uh, like uh, mechanical. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so the Sam Raimi one actually carries that over. That's why his web shooters are organic is because that's kind of a holdover from the previous story drafts but this movie like they really 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 wanted to this to get made and uh so it's interesting to see where mindsets were in the 90s and what yeah. we have now gotten over the past 20 years because they've almost been cranking out spider-man movies like every two years yeah it, it's weird have you mia have you seen all the spider-man movies that have been released have. like okay I, uh, since since the first one. Sure, yeah, the Sam Raimi, the first Sam yeah. Raimi one. Yeah. Oh, Which so also, you also saw Japanese Spider-Man? Um, no. I will now. <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's awesome. And, and Sam Raimi, again, is one of those, like, James Cameron directs big movies. At the time, Sam Raimi was like, let's give this Spider-Man movie to who? The, 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 the Kiwi dude? Kiwi? And so, exactly. And so I say this is a perfect time to make our list and we can dissect some of these movies, and then we can also shit on the ones that aren't on our list, because I have a feeling we will have <laughs> shared ones that are not on our list. There are a few uh, that aren't on my list. So with that, let's spider list. This is where we make a list. The list. Three, two. Guys, I'm so excited. I'm glad that we picked this topic. This is a fun one. Uh, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan right. from way back in the day, as I've told you guys. So uh, let's hear what movies, what cinematic spider outings made your lists. Mia, start us off with your number five. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, all the number twos. <laughs> All of the number twos Wait. are your number five? You, yes. you put all of them at the same level? Look, as I, it. As I Let's see if it comes into focus. All number two. <laughs> so wait, the, the, the original number wait. two was Doc Ock. Does that mean Spider-Man number two with Doc Ock? I, I'm shocked by that news. I am also shocked to my shocked core. If it makes you feel better, it's at the bottom of the number twos list. That's that even more shocking. Feel better. That makes me feel <laughs> it makes worse. Me feel, it feel worse. That movie's okay. great. Oh. All right. All right. <laughs> We're gonna talk about it. We'll talk about it. Oh my god, Mia! But go explain yourself. All your number five. All the first ones to me were so impactful as they were. It was very difficult to pick. Any any others above them for me? Okay. So I was just like, 
I remember how the very first one impacted me. Right. I remember, I remember how I fell in love with with the with the of the amazing Spider-Man one, and and then you know after that with with Tom Holland, and then all of the first ones had their own special impact on me. That all of the twos could not reach the level <laughs> of impact that the first ones did. Wait, now I'm doing uh, math, and if you exclude all of the twos, how did you make the rest of your list? Because I, I, like, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm guessing. She there's like ranks three, the number there's three number there's twos that one. you just eliminated. And then so there's all like right. three more number ones and then an outstanding one. I, I, I right. see where this so, is going. All right, I I'm going to reveal Mia's here. list. Here we go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, that's well, wild. All right, cool. I'll, so you think, I mean, the, the number ones are the top top tier, period. For me, yes. Yeah. Okay. I I will actually my number five aligns with one of yours because you put so many. Um, but my number five is Spider-Man: Far From Home. So the newest one with Mysterio. Okay. That to me is. I mean, I I like that one. I, there's a lot of people that kind of are, are back and forth on it. Personally, I like what they did with Jake Gyllenhaal's um, Mysterio. I like the way that they tied it back to Stark and some of the, mm -hmm. the MCU elements. And I am a big fan of the Tom Holland Spider-Man. I think Tom is the best actor that has held the mantle of that character. And my, just, that's my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, but so Spider-Man Far From Home is my number five, because as the other ones go, I think there, there are stronger ones in the bunch but it was one that I will go back to that I watch that I enjoy. And I think works. I think works as a Spider-Man movie as well. Yeah. So that's the, yeah. Spider-Man far from home is my number five. I, uh, I also share something in common with Mia on my number five, uh, <laughs> that mine is also a number two, but one of them, because I didn't get greedy and I narrowed it down. <laughs> uh, my number five is, Wait for it. The Amazing Spider-Man number two. Really? Uh, yeah, With, uh, and I'll tell Jamie you why. Fox. Yep, I'll tell you why. Uh, A, I thought Jamie Foxx was great as Electro. And I will say, I am clearly not the only one because he is now coming back for the new Spider-Man movie. Also playing Electro. Okay. Wow. So, okay. Uh, we'll, we can get into that. Uh, hold on. I, I got to justify yep. the rest of my number two choice. Okay. We'll put a pin in, in him coming back. Uh, so the Amazing Spider-Man 2. Obviously, I am in the same, uh, same vein as the people who have issues with it. It's Do I love uh, uh, Garfield as Peter Parker? No, I don't. He is way too cool of a Spider-Man. Um, I think that that's a, inherently a problem with the character. I know they tried to like dork him up, but it didn't like work. Like he's skateboarding and cool and he has like swag. And that's a problem for me with a, with a Spider-Man. He he's, he's either gotta be, he can be cool, but he's gotta be like goofy, lovable, cool and not like broody cool because that's not who Spider-Man is like as a character. Yeah. Um, so that was a problem for me. But outside of that, I loved Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy. I think she yeah, is awesome. I um, I liked, I really liked, I'm not gonna say love, but I really liked Dane DeHaan 
as uh, Osborne. You know, Dave I like DeHaan, him as an actor anyway. He, go, he goes back and forth for me because I love him in a few things, but he is also in that that 10,000 Planets movie. Yeah, which I did is not like just, that. Oh, it is just uh, unjustifiable. But I liked him. And ultimately, if I'm being honest, I liked in two, he kind of transforms into the Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like okay I liked the vibe that they went for with that version of the Green Goblin. Yeah. Like I thought that that was I thought that was cool. And aside from that, it has one of my favorite plot points taken from a Spider-Man comic book, and that is the death of Gwen Stacy. Mm-hmm. And okay, yeah, the, I was wondering, yeah. And the way they did it still had the same impact. That scene where he's in the clock tower and she's falling and he catches her with the web, but the force of her stopping snaps her neck is, is so gut wrenching. And I genuinely feel like no other Spider-Man movie has had the balls to do something like that. Um, And so the fact that they just straight up kill her and that's a big, that is a huge scene it happens on a bridge in the comic books, but it's still that same thing is yeah. that it, and he, Spider-Man is trying to save her and in trying to save her, he is the one who kills her. And so it's the, I, I loved that. So the fact that they had the balls to do that, the fact that we got a super good electro performance at a, uh, uh, Jamie Foxx, the fact that it had a solid Norman Osborn allows me to, oh, or excuse me, um, what's his name? The not Norman Osborn. Uh, uh, I forget the son's name. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Harry. Uh, Harry, Harry Osborn. Thank, thank you. you. It allows me to overlook a not so awesome Peter Parker, in my opinion. I I will say, whatever my problems with that that movie may be. The scene of Gwen Stacy at the end may be one of the scenes in any Spider-Man movie that works the best. Like it is filmed, it is filmed well, it is acted well. The 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 movie earns the moment, but mainly it's the acting between Andrew and Emma that works. And it's probably because they were dating or whatever at the time. But like that works really well in that movie. Now, the Jamie Foxx element of him coming back as Electro. And the recent news that uh, Doctor Strange is going to be in Spider-Man 3, we have to be entering multiverse territory, right? Oh, guys. Right? Guys. There's rumors of that as well. Guys. That all three, all three. Yeah. Mark my <laughs> words. That announcement will happen within the next year. They will announce that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire will be making cameo appearances in the new Spider-Man movie. It's going to happen. It- it's, it's just- it has to because they brought J. Jonah Jameson back who by the way that I mean that actor is the best person for that character Seriously. Like, you just can't have anybody else do it well they were testing I guarantee you what the studio was doing was they were testing the waters they were testing mm-hmm. the waters to see if fan reaction would be like super negative and then they would scrap that idea or if people were like yeah bring back our favorite parts of other spider-man movies and somehow figure out how to put them in this spider-man movie i hope paul giamatti comes back as the rhino (laughs) i did not know that 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 was him i did not know well to be fair he's in that movie for like a whopping like 
five Two minutes. Yeah. Well, honestly, you should put that movie and Spider-Man 3, uh, the original one, together, and you can do like a sideways sequel. It's like, oh, gosh, Sandman, let's go on a wine-tasting adventure. Oh my God. I'll bring my rhino mech suit. I'll wear All my right, so- mech suit, and you can be sand. So, so Mia... That brings us to your number four. Now, listen, if your number four is also a collective group of movies, we're going to have a problem. It is not. You can't be like, it's the Raimi trilogy. Oh, (laughs) Spider-Man. And my number one is just Spider-Man's. It is the first Spider-Man. So the first Raimi Spider-Man. Yes. I share that as my number four. Okay. I also share that as my number four. (gasps) So we had a number four jinxies. I don't know if that is a thing, but it's a start. Sure, it's a start. It's a start. (laughs) And it really was a start. I mean, Mia, you talk about it, but I that was the thing for me. It was just the beginning of all of it. Could it not be on the list because the others wouldn't have happened if that one hadn't been as successful as it was. I agree. Not only not only did it bring us Toby Maguire as Spider-Man, but it brought us just a rockin' nickelback song. Yes, um, that is collectively one of the only Nickelback songs that people seem to like right now. Yeah. Um, I just remember the music video of the lead singer of Nickelback standing on a rooftop in New York City as like the camera spins around him and Spider-Man like swings and his luscious blonde hair is just like blowing in the wind and he's like, hey, there's Spider-Man. I don't remember. How Look at that but... Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was magnificent. Look at this Spider Man. <laughs> what was uh, her other nickelback songs? Uh, the bo- it was like bottom of every bottle, but it's like you know I don't remember that. Uh, I don't remember. Or the rock star. Wasn't that a song? Like oh Chilling gonna be a rock star in a box star in a bit 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 bit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's exactly how that song went. <laughs> I wrote it for Nickelback. I don't know if everybody knows that. Uh, but Mia, I love that number. So why for you is it? I, obviously, we understand why it's on your list because you told us that all the remainder of your list is all number one <laughs> movies. But uh, why Why so low? Like, why they're on your list? Um, this is going to hurt some people's feelings, but he's actually my least favorite Spider-Man. Oh, so you like Andrew Garfield Spider-Man better than Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? I do. Well, wait, wait, wait. Let, let me let me ask a question really quick because I actually do have a clarifying statement. Do you like him as the a better Spider-Man or Peter Parker? Because here here's my reasoning. I think Tobey Maguire is a better Peter Parker, and I think Andrew Garfield is a better Spider-Man. Because I, I don't I believe he, I don't believe Tobey Maguire in the Spider-Man suit really, mm-hmm. but I don't believe Andrew Garfield as a meek nerd. Yeah, and I think I, I think, think to, I think Tom, Tom Holland, Holland gets both of. And that's yeah, why yeah, I, he's yeah. my favorite. But yeah, so when you say he's your favorite Spider-Man, or do you mean Spider-Man or do you mean uh, no? Peter I, I I would no, he, say that Tobey Maguire doesn't quite hit it for me as a as a Spider-Man, but I also think that that was part of the purpose because he was the original story. They put in his background in there. We got all of that, so he was supposed to be awkward. But even after yeah. he was done being awkward in his Spider-Man-ness, it was still awkward for me as a viewer to be like, 
Can you go back to being yeah. dorky? Because I really like that. <laughs> I preferred dorky you. <laughs> Uh, I like that. All right. So number four, I mean, obviously I shared it. Jay, why is it number four on your list? I mean, same reason. There are other Spider-Man movies that I think are better at capturing like the character, but there is just a fundamental staple of Sam Raimi did it right. And because of that, we get everything else. And you can't take it. You can't take that away from him. I mean, I mean, Q, you've already talked about. We tried to make a Spider-Man movie with James Cameron. We tried to make a Superman movie with Nicolas Cage and big names. Like in the '90s and in the late '90s, the Superman movies outside of X-Men, even actually X-Men at the time, didn't really work. And Sam Raimi kind of figured it out. And there's just something to be said for that, in my opinion. Is I think it opened the door, and it's a good movie it's fun as hell like don't get me wrong i really like the original spider-man movie it just sort of works but because it works and because randy was able to figure out how it works we can have the rest of this now which is why it's low on the list but on the list i agree and it's it's my number four for all of those same reasons but also i'm gonna be honest i'm not a huge fan of the organic web shooters idea i like the idea that that uh, Peter Parker, his his real only superpower is A, he's strong and his skin is somehow now more he's impervious sticky. to damage. And then two, that he can, he can stick to walls. He's kind and of literally sticky. like, that's it. That's that. Though, and he has like spider sense. Uh, yeah. Outside of that, outside of that, I liked the idea that the web shooter is a thing that he can improve and build and it's like a mechanic it's a it's it's a thing um and i know they did some interesting things with it in later movies for the sam raimi spider-man like you know what happens if he can't shoot webs anymore like is that a concern Mm -hmm. um if he has performance issues he's impotent um so (laughs) but it was an interesting it was an interesting first foray into the character. And I think Sam Raimi has a very unique visual flair. And I think it worked well within the Spider-Man world. I think everything having this kind of like weird, slightly overly stylized, saturated colors with big characters felt right for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what um, I mentioned earlier. That's what the comic felt like. It was big colors, big characters, big, big. So that so that earned it a place on my list, but it's low on my list because I too am not a huge fan of Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire. I, I like uh, Peter Parker, Tobey Maguire. Uh, but yeah, so that's my number four. Was it, so may, was it the very ahead. first Stan Lee cameo? Um. Was it the first Marvel movie? Like not like Marvel with within yeah, like Marvel Studios movie? I think it was. I mean, outside of like some of the, like, like predating, the, the I it yeah. obviously predated Iron Man and yeah, Incredible Hulk. So yeah, I think I it might have been the first. And I don't Stanley think he of. was in any of the X Men movies. I mean, unless you unless you count like Mallrats from Kevin Smith. No, I no, I don't count. I don't count that in the Marvel universe. Um. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I like it. All right. Uh, so my so that brings us to number threes. So Mia, 
Mia, give I'm us your so curious up. to see where your list goes. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man is my number three. All right, cool. With the lizard. Cool, 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 cool. Yes, yes. I so I really love. I can never remember if it's Reese or Rice, Fonz, <laughs> but I love him. As, I say as Reese. An actor. Not so like. Maybe the whole lizard thing was debatable, but I just love him anyway, and so he was just a win regardless. Um, and I loved Gwen Stacy. I loved their pick. I. Uh, immediately fell in love with, <clears throat> oh God, what is his name? Dennis Larry. Andrew Garfield. <laughs> Andrew Garfield, thank you. <laughs> I, I immediately <laughs> fell in love with, with Andrew Garfield, and not even just from like an actual attractive standpoint, but just sure. because he was so different from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man Peter Parker. He, that he's I definitely was different like, than Tobey Maguire, that's for sure. Yeah, he, he was... Yeah. I Some people it. may say he was different than Spider-Man. <laughs> some, some people might. I feel like if you would have made a movie beforehand where Spider-Man slash Peter Parker got to meet and befriend Deadpool, then Peter Park, this Peter Parker, like Andrew Garfield's would have been yeah. exactly what I would have expected to happen after meeting someone like him. I and can, that I can made see that. more sense to me. I can see that. Like Peter Parker became friends with Ryan Reynolds like really early on in his life. And now he got started watching wife. started watching two guys a girl in a pizza place. And he's like, you know what? That's it. That's my shtick. I um here's the thing. I had so much hope, and I'll spoiler alert, the amazing Spider-Man is not on my list. Mm-hmm. Um I had so much hope for that movie. Like I, I think Andrew Garfield's a great actor. Um, I did like the look of the film, like the cinematography, the design of everything I thought looked really good. Gwen Stacy, right on the money. Like the, the casting, the acting, the writing, everything, right on the money. Um, the lizard, I liked that they used a different villain than Green Goblin because you know, I like the I like the lizard. I don't know. I just I like that the guy, the director's name was Mark Webb. That's fun. You know, to relate <laughs> to Spider-Man. Um, I just I don't know. That movie just never worked for me it just never came came together i like elements of it like i said i like the way that they they made it look it's just oh just there are elements of it that never quite worked for me it left you wanting and yeah I, totally uh, did i will agree with that uh i can also say the spider-man the amazing spider-man is not on my list that's why the second one is because i do think the second yeah. one was an improvement over the first one i agree with that by the way um so, so, but but I right. but I like that. I respect I respect it on your list, and uh, I'll be excited yeah. to eliminate it when we mash our list together. So, <laughs> yeah. me too. Uh, right. <laughs> Jason, all right, me too. All right. So, <laughs> uh, so go ahead, Jay. What is right. your number three that outdoes the Amazing Spider-Man? I I stuck with a similar vein of an introduction of a Spider-Man, but mine is Homecoming. I think the first Tom Holland-led outing of Spider-Man was outside of Civil War when he got introduced as a character, and I kind of saw how they were going to use him. Homecoming, for me, established that Spider-Man could be done and rebooted correctly. Mm-hmm. Because as I, 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 as I mentioned, I was not a fan of The Amazings. The both of them, either one of them for me were kind of was were miss the mark. 
And so when Tom Holland came back into the role and they made Homecoming and they used the Vulture and Michael Keaton was so good as that villain. And I don't know, it's just that movie gave me hope that Spider-Man could continue to be done right. And so, yeah, for me, it's 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 not better than some of the other ones, but it is a very impressive outing for Spider-Man and a strong, strong start when, to be quite frank, no series, no movie like this should be rebooted three times within the span of 15 years. Uh, it should not happen. And it did, and it worked somehow. And a lot of credit goes to Tom Holland and the writers for that. I fully agree. I actually agree so much that it is also my number three. Uh, my number three is Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, it's my, it's for all the same reasons that you said, but there was one thing that scores this movie extra brownie points, and that was for the first time in cinematic history, Peter Parker is a kid. Like he's an actual, yeah. <laughs> he's an actual <laughs> he like teenage, teenage kid. You know, Andrew Garfield was in his 20s when he started doing this. Uh, I uh, was in his 40s. Me, yeah, was was 57 when he started filming Spider-Man. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But really? he he at no point did he ever look like he was a passable teenager. <laughs> right. At no point did Andrew Garfield look like a passable teenager, if I'm being honest. He always it's looked like, like he was a college 20s kid. It um, always looks like that gag in Arrested Development where Steve Buscemi is undercover and he's like, hello, fellow high school students. <laughs> I am also one of you. Yeah. Uh, but Tom Holland really solidified for me what my imagination of Spider-Man and Peter Parker was. You guys have hinted previously that some actors have done peter parker better some have done spider-man better and that i agree with you in that i think tom holland was the first time the same actor embodied both characters perfectly um he was nerdy kind of uh i don't know awkward walked walked on awkward version of peter parker but when he but when he put on the spider suit, he was quippy and funny and still like a kid. Like he still but, got amazed by things like, wow, this is also, crazy. But, and let's not like, let's not over or gloss over the fact that he has a secret identity. He's different when he's Spider-Man than when he's Peter. Like, you know, he he's not using the Batman. I'm going to use a different voice, but he is a different person. And I think yeah. that's impressive as well. And so, I yeah. will say I give a lot of credit to the costume designer as well, because we also, for the first time, get animated eyes in Spider-Man. Which I like. And I think I like that, that really helps. I think it really helps because the character in the comic books is often drawn with his eyes making kind of different like a confused expressions. Right. Which helps to emote because it's hard, just like with Deadpool, they did a great job there making his face very full of expression. It's hard to emote through a static yeah. suit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and so that's why, you know, Raimi did it a bunch where in pivotal emotional scenes, they'd make sure that he either had his mask off or he like ripped through one side so you could see yeah. his face. Um so I thought from a costume design standpoint, that was a brilliant move. Yeah. And it allows me, it allows him to keep that mask on, but me still be emotionally connected yeah. to Spider-Man. 
And also, uh, we talked recently about movie twists, and let's not overshadow the fact the reveal of Michael Keaton as the crush's dad Vulture. is so well done. Yeah, like when he comes and answers the door, it got me. Like I was, he was the last thing I was expecting. At oh, that you're point. like, sure. oh, because you weren't expecting. Okay. First off, it's not like you were expecting an interracial marriage yeah. to make that child. To right. then, you were not expecting that. No. Yeah. And so yeah, it. when he op- it was when he opened that door, I was like, oh guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then their whole a, their whole interaction. Her. Their whole interaction was awesome. Like oh. that whole like cat and mouse thing that the they tension. played was tense. And oh. once again, a perfect example of a adult versus a child. Like it's never been yeah. more apparent than in that moment where mm-hmm. He is like, I am an adult man, and I may have to kill this child. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, I'm gonna crazy. try to in about ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so I agree. Uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming is my number three, and that brings us to a commercial break, a spider break, if you will. So let's hear from some amazing, some amazing sponsors. Spider sponsors. Hey, do you have an unclaimed high school gym locker? You can come on down to the unclaimed high school gym locker store. Are you looking for old towels? How about sweaty tube socks? Maybe a jock strap or a chemistry textbook? It's like that suitcase store at the airports, but for high school shit. Yeah, it's stuff you don't care about. You know, crusty shoes. And it only costs $500. You want Terry Bismarck's used porno stash? Would you like a mirror that just says how emo you are? Do you want a broken blocker shelf that's got stickers from Backstreet Boys on it? Do you have a picture of Britney Spears before the head shaving? Do you have a hairbrush full of unused hair? Do you have a mechanical pencil that you don't know where it came from? have notes to a test that you're not even a class for? Do you have a cat skeleton? Then come on down to Unclaimed High School Gym Locker Store. You'll find treasures that you never wanted. McJiminy's Star Wars Impersonators. We can do all your favorite voices. Mm, welcome to the Force, you will. I'm Chewbacca. Roar! Hey, I'm Han Solo. I'm too cool to do this advertisement. Mick Jiminy Star Wars Impersonators. You need a Leia for your party? You need a Luke for your luau? You need a Vader for your vivisection? Because we'll do Star Wars thing all up in it. We're out of this And we're back. back Weirdly enough, more. they all sold spiders. I know. Oh. What's weird okay. is none of the commercials were about spiders, but we have heard since recording this episode that lots of spiders were sold during that commercial break. As they should. Yep. Spiders need love. They do. Spiders need love, too. Hashtag love for spiders. Yep. Can I make a, a, a little argument on the Garfield side? Just a little one. Hey, yeah, for sure. Is it your num- does it have to do with your number two? No. Oh, okay. Or, 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 or hate or hating Mondays. 
I don't hate Mondays. No. He's referencing Garfield the cat. There's a made oh. Garfield. Oh. I made a, I made a Garfield the, the cat. The cat reference. Yeah. Forgive, so, forgive Joey and his outdated '80s dad references. I am okay. sorry that I'm a 67 year old man. <laughs> Let me get to my buddies at the Elk Lodge and go golf. Oh my god! So they didn't always make Andrew take off his uh, mask during mask. physical scenes. For sure, definitely some of them, like with with Gwen. Yes, thank Gwen. you, Gwen. Yeah. Um like that but i think that was required i thought that was the right move for the scene um but unlike toby who definitely required that his mask be off or ripped or whatever for the scenes andrew was really good with emoting with his body and so a lot of the times that he's messing around with with policemen or with the bad guys and stuff you see it like his body is moving. His physical performance. Yes. His physical like, performance. And, and as I said, I think he is a great Spider-Man. Like he yeah. actually makes the Spider-Man costume and that feel like I'm watching something. I was like, oh, I'm entertained by this. I am engaged in this guy being Spider-Man. I think he did great at that. And before we dive into number twos, there is one more thing that I also need to kind of pick up from our previous conversation. We addressed the Spider-Man movie or the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie as our collective number four. But at no point did we discuss the now very famous spider kiss that happens in that movie, which hold on. You can, you can grimace all you want. It made such an effect on me. I cannot tell you how many times I spider kiss my kids. Like (laughs) they're like napping on the couch and I'll come up and I'm upside down and I'm like, ha spider kissed. I'll do that to my wife. Like it's, it's adorable, literally, though. it's a it is one of the most adorable things on the face of the planet. Uh, so it is, you know, I just had to throw that out there. Also, I, I only like grimace because stories. the only time that <laughs> you're that like that MJ one boyfriend actress. tried to spider kiss no, me and no. I hated it. <laughs> I don't what an asshole! That name, but Kirsten Dunst. Thank you. The only time I ever liked Kirsten Dunst was in Interview with a Vampire. I am uh-huh. so not about her. So so I Whoa. hope I never wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. I feel so wait, wait. bad. What about Jumanji? Okay, yeah, that one's fine. Wait, 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 wait. What about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? She was in that? Yes. <laughs> oh. She just was her character. All right. Also, uh, I'm please, if anybody's listening to this episode, tweet it at Kirsten Dunst, because I want a Kirsten Dunst, Mia, St. Clair feud hosted Ooh, by yeah. High Five the Podcast. I yeah. person. I just, every time yeah. I think of this no, thing, it, I just like, You heard it here, Kirsten. Mia hates you as a person. She I thinks know. you're terrible, and she wants to fight you. And she's got knives. <laughs> I'm welcome to movies that could potentially change my mind. Yeah, she's welcome for you to some point become a good actress. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you said. <laughs> No, no. Yeah, you, you brought it up. You were the one this. that said you, you hated everything about Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> I'm just not about her. There's a now, Exactly. You don't fuck with that Kirsten That being Dunst. said, Kirsten Dunst, Q and J, we love you very much. We think you're a very talented performer. Mia, on the other hand, hates you. Please feud with her. Yeah, no, I, I, right. I'm, I'm a total, I'm a total dunce head. <laughs> <laughs> dunce head from way back. 
Uh, I just all right. sit in the corner with a big cone that says Dunst on it. <laughs> all right, Mia. So that brings us in uh, to uh, your non-Kirsten Dunst having number two choice, which is... is Homecoming. Oh, hey! Yeah. It's that good, is- right? So good. Yes, that was... Um, it gave me the blend that I wanted. Yeah, That's what that movie did. So for the same reasons, but because it was able to give me everything and done so well like i left that movie completely satisfied Mm -hmm. just i in bad guys in gross in um in first off i know some people complain about marissa tomei being so young as his aunt well i never did amazing i love her she's awesome this is this is correct i understand she's old in the comics and stuff like that but if if his dad was really that old when he had him, like that, I don't know. Well, she, the thing. thing is, she she might be old in the comics, but this and this is one thing where I and I think you you differ this than the internet culture is that I don't care if you change something from the comics if it works in the movie that you're giving mm-hmm. me. Like the the uh, um, Skip wasn't you know an Asian rich douche or a, you know Vietnamese rich douche in the movie but he works so well in the tom yeah. holland are you, you talking know, about flash flash Thompson? thank you thank mm-hmm. you he works so well in the way that they've envisioned him and mj works so well the way oh, that they've man. envisioned her I, in this universe like it just so i am not against that, that at all may yeah. is like a little younger fucking give me a break no she's change, fantastic change everything as long as it fits and serves the characters in the stories i don't give a shit man exactly you can you can gender swap characters that's fine with me too as long as they feel true to the essence of who the character is i don't care just give me the best version of that character i totally agree i couldn't agree more she feels like a super hot aunt That one and she is a super (laughs) she is a super hot aunt i'm totally happy it's like yeah aunt may that makes sense uh, so is no, the way. she is. She is this, the way. This, this is the way. Uh, is the way. Speaking of that, you know who's not the way? Apparently, Pedro Pascal. It sounds like him and the Mandalorian crew are going to be parting ways. Oh, really? Yeah, I've heard. I heard that he's he's either a voluntarily leaving the show or b being removed from the show because him and John Favreau apparently butted major heads. Uh, there's a bunch of rumors flying around that he really insisted to have his helmet off way more this season. And they were like, well, no, that's, I love that they do that. Yeah. We're not doing that. I'm talking about season two. And he apparently tried to supersede Dave Filoni and, um, and John Favreau. And he went to Lucasfilm directly and said, Hey, I I don't want to keep doing this. They're not listening to me. I want I think the character should have his helmet off. And John Favreau got super pissed because he's basically like, Well, you don't you don't go around me. I'm fucking uh, John Favreau. And, and so he sicked a mountain on him. So he actually sent him home for a handful of episodes. Uh and so apparently in season two, we're gonna be getting some non-Mandalorian-centered episodes. Ooh. I'm okay with and that. And there was a use for like story growth, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the oh. the big the big thing is apparently they're talking about maybe recasting for the third season, which 
if I'm being honest, bad move on Pedro Pascal. Very wow. easy recastable character. Like, yeah, you got your helmet on most of the time. Hell, you could be a girl next season. Yeah, That's guess what? We showed you one time in the first season. We never have to do that again. No problem. Yeah. So for and me, that was my one of those things. That was one of my favorite things about the first season was that they didn't take his Helen off until the end. Yeah. And it's on it. it's it's love unnecessary. That. that is the way. That is literally the way. They say that so many times. That is the way. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, so back to Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. Uh, All right. So Mia. Joey, that means it's oh, your wait. number, it's your number That's two me. now. Me number two. <laughs> it's okay. Mia. So I went back and forth on this a lot. Oh. A lot. And actually ended up locking <laughs> it in right before we started recording. Okay. So my number my number two is Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, interesting. Because I think Into the Spider-Verse may be the best collection of Spider-Man entertainment that I've ever gotten. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it exists without my number one choice. Okay. But Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is not only one of my favorite Spider-Man movies, but it was one of my favorite movies of 2018 or 2019, whenever it came out. What they were able to do with not only the animation style, but logically blending all of the other Spider-Man stories and hinting at, you know, the Tobey Maguire ones and hinting at some of the other ones and then collabor- collecting it around like the Miles Morales story. I, there was just something otherworldly good about that movie. And so it was number one for a while and it went back and forth and back and forth, but it lands at number two, but easily could be my number one easily. I love it, dude. I think there's, I think it's a great choice. Uh, It is, it is not my number two. Uh, My number number two, two? I think you and I may have talked about before, uh, but my number two is Raimi's Spider-Man three. No, I'm just kidding. Spider-Man two. No, it's two. No, it's no, definitely no, no, two. No, no. Spider-Man three. Spider-Man three sucks ass. <laughs> Spider-Man three is not on anybody's list. Good, good. Uh, good. No, Spider-Man two is is my number two. Uh, this was not a hard choice for me uh, because I do think my no. number one is is definitely my number one. But uh, number Spider-Man two is two because it takes what was a decent setup in the original Spider-Man movie. And it gets all of that clunky, like we have to show him becoming Spider-Man, all of his origin story stuff Mm -hmm. out of the way. And you actually get to see Peter Parker living his life and see Spider-Man being Spider-Man as an already established entity. Yeah. And I loved that. Not only that, but you have... Yes, I just wanted to make sure I I was going to say the right thing. You have the best villain portrayal in the Spider-Man movies to date. With Doc Ock? In in Doc Ock. Alfred uh, Molina. Alfred Molina is the best version of a villain that has been done cinematically up to this point. He he gave that character pathos. He... Mm gave it relatability he gave it uh sadness and it it helped so much to balance the fantasticalness of what's happening in the movie 
And the fact that he has like robotic arms. <laughs> exactly. And at one point is like robbing a bank and like yeah. holding Aunt Ma- old lady Aunt May in one of his tentacles. It literally <clears throat> helps balance all of that out with a sense of grounded kind of realness and character growth. You understand him and can sympathize with him as a villain. Um, and for me, it's the best handling of a yeah. self-contained Spider-Man story. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like, like I honestly could have maybe, yeah, I think I could have. I think I could have watched Spider-Man 2 as Spider-Man 1 without ever seeing Spider-Man 1 and been totally fine. Yes, I agree. I agree. Like it, <laughs> it doesn't need the first one to validate its existence. It's a yeah. great movie and it definitely didn't need the third one to continue its <laughs> legacy. It's no. a great standalone Spider-Man story. Yeah. Um, and for that, it's why it's my my number two. Strong number two, man. All right. So I'm, that, I am I curious. I'm curious on where everyone lands for their number I one. So am. Mia, start start us start us off. Where what's your number one? Your favorite my, best Spider-Man movie. My number one is Spider-Verse. My number one is also into the Spider-Verse. I and and listen, I'm gonna ruin my number one because my number one is Spider-Man 2 Q for everything that you yes. just said. And and I will state my thing on Spider-Man 2, and then we can all talk about Spider-Verse. The reason that Spider-Man 2 for me is above Spider-Man or into the Spider-Verse is because Q, and I think you said it best, it is the best self-contained Spider-Man movie that exists. And that's what I'm ultimately wanting. Like, I want the Spider-Man movie that if I didn't watch any other Spider-Man movies, I could watch the best one. And I think that is Alfred Molina as Doc Ock and Tobey Maguire in that college-age Spider-Man, Peter Parker. Into the Spider-Verse, I think, is a... I I watch it more often. I like it better. But I don't think it works without Spider-Man 2 being as good as it was to Mm -hmm. pull from. Hmm. that's the only thing is i think spider-man into the spider-verse can't exist without us going through all three of the iterations of spider-man that we have and those can't exist without spider-man 2 being so fucking good and that's why for me it's my number one for all of the reasons q that you said and that was why i kept flipping back and forth back and forth but man god damn it if spider-man into the spider-verse isn't one of the best looking best watching most fun movies that's been made in the last five years so mia gush on it what do you love about so, into the spider-verse i love into this for several reasons but just to piggyback off of what you were saying i love into the spider-verse because it is a collective of the movies before mm-hmm. it and then some yeah it's so just beautiful. on that alone from it's my like a spider-man end game <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that uh, but also from a cultural standpoint, being being Hispanic, seeing somebody that uh, important in um, the nerdy world being portrayed right. as as a as a technically Afro Hispanic, but even just as a Hispanic myself, mm-hmm. seeing that and seeing the bits and pieces of Spanish that got thrown in there and all of that that was. super important to me and i'm hoping that when they do the second one they'll be able to dive a little bit more into both aspects 
mm-hmm. of of that. Um, it, it was a very emotional movie for me um, because because of that. Because it was just just like with Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm Puerto Rican. I'm not Mexican, but watching him up on the screen and being able to speak in his own accent and we all just Are we talking about Diego Luna? Yes, because I cannot remember his yeah. name. I appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Watching Diego Luna just acting with his actual mm-hmm. voice was also super impactful. And Rogue One is one of the oh, it's best great. films to have come hey. out for Star Wars. And again, as we talked about earlier in another Star Wars or another conversation, because it has nothing to do with family. Yeah. Or except like her family not yeah. like the skywalker the, family the micro agree micro unit there but it was just, I l- things like that were impactful and so that's yes why, representation that's why one. Mm-hmm. yeah i i agree with that so i i will uh i'll jump in and piggyback with you on that and i'm gonna play my cards here mm-hmm. um and i don't think anybody knows this so this is the fr- i mean other Haley may know this uh miles morales is my favorite spider-man I prefer Miles Morales over Peter Parker Mm. uh, for a couple different reasons. Um, I think the character of Spider-Man works better with a character like Miles, Mm. who is from a representation and segment of, uh, of the population. Obviously he's a minority and the the character of Spider-Man always felt a little like Christ-like because kind of like a Superman Christ-like where if here's another white middle-class guy given these godlike powers to save the universe kind of things. Right. Um, Whereas I felt like Miles was a character who deserved it more. Mm -hmm. Um, He, as a character in his background, he is not expected to grow beyond uh, his his block in New York. You know what I mean? Like, this is right. your life. This is where you grow up. This is who you are, and that's it. You're no more, you're no less. Um, yeah. And I think as a character, as Miles's character, not only is he smart, and that's represented as him already going to a predominantly all-white school. Like a prep school, but, like a, yeah, admission-only school. But he's gifted with these abilities and is not not as like, oh, well, I just I guess I have to save the world. Like, that's my job, Mm -hmm. Uh, because that feels like a very like white mentality kind of thing is like, well, I guess I'm just everybody's hero because that's the way it goes. And he kind of doesn't want to be. No, instead, he's like, well, I feel like I should hide this. Like, people might be mad if they realize that I have power like this. I should be afraid of the power that I have. I should be afraid that I am powerful because that is the mentality that's kind of given to me and put onto me as a person. Yeah. 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 Mix in to that equation. Not only should I be afraid of being smart, but I should Mm. be afraid of being superhuman now um i i just think there's a lot more pathos i think there's a lot more growth in that character inherently than there mm-hmm. is in a peter parker type character yeah. his peter so parker's worst case sc- that comes with him totally peter peter parker's worst case scenario is that he's a fucking nerd like yeah, other true. than that other than li- that his life is pretty easy 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I also, so I'm a Miles Morales fan back when he first got introed in the comic books. I loved at one point he became a member of the Fantastic Four. That was, oh, I do remember awesome. that. Yeah. Um, I think that was Morales after, is, didn't he join after Johnny Storm died? Storm died. Yes. Yeah. So for me, Miles Morales is just a much more interesting character. Um, I think he's got a lot more. Plus, I love the whole aspect, and it was hinted at in, I mean, it was shown directly in Spider-Verse, but it was hinted at in um, in uh, Homecoming mm-hmm. that uh, his uncle is a criminal, uh, is, a criminal is the Prowler, yeah. I think the is Prowler. the character's name. Yeah. Um, and that was played by Donald Glover in Homecoming um, as yeah. an Easter egg. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, how did I yeah. that? I don't know how so, I missed that. But they that. also, as an Easter egg, they have the scene in Community where Donald Glover is wearing the Spider-Man uh, uh, pajamas. They have it on the TV that the uncle is watching when miles goes over yeah. because there were that rumors that donald glover was going to be miles was going to be spider-man okay. for a while yeah. yeah um so the a that's that's the first reason that i love into the spider-verse is because i love and i want i may be a white dude but i want to see not every single person on television look like my fucking self man i'm tired yeah. of looking in the mirror and i know that that's yeah. a super white privilege thing to say but I want diversity. I want to see stories that are other than my own. And I want well, people to be able to characters. see. Yeah. And I want to see other, other nationalities, just like Mia said, I want to see them, see themselves represented on screen. Yeah. So with that yeah. being said, I think it was the first time that a, yeah. a black Hispanic superhero was given the full reins to a franchise outside of black panther we kind of got both of those simultaneously except black panther did it from a very like this character is black you know what i mean like he is an african tribal thing this is this is a black character who just happens to be a superhero you know what i mean which i think is a totally has a totally different power to it um so i love that and then on top of that i love that i got to see glimpses of all the different iterations of spider-man all the different like i got to see spider gwen which is awesome i fucking love spider Spider noir spider pig like all the different things they played with it and it was great and it's all around the crux of this kid who is scared and unsure that he can step up and kind of be the hero that people are needing, you know? And then but you look have at how many ways heroes can look and act and be. And I, I just think it was awesome. Not only that, but the animation was next level. Just from a filmmaking standpoint, it was so unique. It was yeah, so new. So good. It was so fresh. I, I loved that. Uh, the music, the soundtrack was fantastic. Like it felt right. It felt appropriate. You got some post Malone in there. Um, it was, it was, Mac great, Miller, it was great. Miller, baby. It was a great, it was probably not. It was a great, it was a great soundtrack. Um, 
It was just all around. It was a fun movie. It had a great story. Miles went through a hero's journey. Like I genuinely felt his transformation from a normal kid to stepping up and like accepting his, his powers and his abilities. You got to see a mirror version of that in Jake Johnson's performance as Peter Parker, where he was this guy who had these powers and decided that like, he doesn't give a shit anymore because his life fell apart. Mm -hmm. Um, so why use his powers? It wasn't a, I'm scared of them and maybe I shouldn't. It was a, I have them and who gives a fuck. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was an interesting dichotomy. I love into the spider verse. I I will say that I am a little worried about a sequel though, because as much as I want to see more of these characters, for me, that is a high watermark to like capture that lightning in a bottle again. I kind of just want to leave it. I kind of want to leave it alone and just let it exist and be perfect. I'm happy that it exists. I'm happy that we got it. I'm happy that it worked. Uh, And I hope they can do it again. Like I I hope. How would you feel if they did a live action Miles Morales? I want that. Yeah. I can't tell you when they were announcing that Spider-Man was going to be in civil war back when MCU was coming out. Mm-hmm. I hoped against all hopes that it was going to be a miles Morales Spider-Man. They were just going to ignore Peter Parker and miles Morales was going to be the Spider-Man in the MCU universe. That would have been an easy way hoping. to do it. Yeah. And when he wasn't, I was disappointed, but I do like Tom Holland's portrayal. Like if I'm going to get a Spider-Man at all then i'm i'm glad it was that version Mm -hmm. but i will say that like i messaged joey mia he Uh can tell you this the day that they did the trailer announcement for the next spider-man video game on ps5 being a miles morales video game i was like "Ah!" like i'm screaming (laughs) i'm like yes like yes i want this story because i will tell you guys the spider-man ps4 game kicked ass like story wise Story-wise, it was awesome. Uh, Development-wise, it was awesome. Gameplay-wise, it was awesome. And so the fact that the same studio... Now, I will say I was a little saddened when I heard some rumors now that the Miles Morales is actually just like a... a uh, What do you call it? Not It's like glorified DLC. Like, it's basically uh, not going to be a full uh, standalone game, yeah. and instead will be like a shorter like uh, a mini game a, almost. A I was super bummed. I still hold out hope because there was huge backlash and it's far enough from coming out that I'm, I hold out hope that they can still like, Oh, we were just kidding. It's actually like a full game. game. Yeah. Um, And they'll stretch it out. But, uh, but yeah, so Spider-Man into the spider verse, Miles Morales. I love him. He's for show my number one. I, I mean, honestly, it's a strong, it's a strong argument. I went back and forth, I think, cause you guys shared it and I was so close I think it has to be the definitive number one. Well, let's do that then. Yeah. Let's mash it. Let's web these these lists together. You know what I'm saying? Let's get sticky. Let's just... I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I don't want to get All sticky. Right. So he, I've just been listening to us talk, guys. I've been taking uh-huh. notes as we've been going. I, I think Spider-Man and Spider-Verse should be number one. Yes. I, I will not Spider-Man, argue against that. I think Spider-Man 2 Duck Ock should probably land at number two. I also I Given... The passion for it and that you said and Mia said you convinced her. You did after yeah. that. I after that I kind of wanna I don't know. Should it be Spider-Man Sam I think Raimi homecoming. Homecoming. homecoming should be three. homecoming. Yep. Okay. And then homecoming we three. put we all unanimously had Raimi's Spider-Man as four. Right. Yeah. So that's definitive four. 
So then it really is a battle of the twos, to be honest. Like, I had a different two. Mia had all the twos. Yeah, (laughs) and I had Far From Home. I think Far From Home had the most votes, collectively. Uh, I will say I liked – if I had to pick a two, it would be – would be yeah. amazing. It probably, it probably. Well, for me, it'd be amazing. But Spider Man Two was fun. I had still had Tom Holland, but I do love, I love Jamie Fox. But yes, well, no. I, you know what? I want to fight for amazing, and I'll tell you why. Because it's the only one where they've killed the love interest, and I've said, okay. I think there's a lot you know to what? be said for the for the bravery that they took on that. You know what? Fair enough. Gwen Stacy dying has cemented uh, Amazing Spider Man Two in the in the fifth spot so uh mia do you want to read back our list and and let everybody know the definitive ranking of the spider-man movies yes yes sweet on our top five spider-man movies at number five we are sitting at the amazing spider-man 2 for number four it is the original spider-man sam raimi version for number three it is spider-man homecoming for number two it is spider-man 2 with doc ock and number one it is Spider-Verse. Yay. Yay. I, feel, I feel good about that. that was, I feel real yeah. good about that list. That's a great that list. That was a that great a, list. I highly recommend that everybody go out immediately, watch these movies in that order, start with number five, yeah. and then just let them get increasingly better. Just like, and just, I'm just let it wash this. over you. I'm going to throw this <laughs> out there for everybody else. Chris Pine, again, killing it with the voice acting. He's the original Peter Parker. Chris Pine oh. is in Spider Verse as the original, he's the like Tob- right? Toby Maguire. Yeah, he's like oh, the yeah. one that, that died. Very short. Very short. Still great though, because he sings the, the Christmas. He's the one that's singing all the Christmas songs, and he actually does it. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. that the al- either. I'm learning. The album. Yeah, the album that they mentioned. That's like the Spider Man christmas album in spider-verse there are christmas songs over the credits and it's chris pine as spider-man singing punny christmas songs as Spider-Man. also and also big christmas shout Spotify out to, album. to john mulaney's spider pig fantastic oh, so, so nicholas cage as spider noir just all it's so, all so just good. all of it go everybody watch go that watch it. i go feel like it, i want to go watch that today i'm gonna go watch that yeah amazing all right guys so everybody get out of here always, and go watch that movie Thanks for listening. Go check out Project Hyphen Nerd for all of the High Five the Podcast stuff. Check out our website, High Five the Podcast. Check us out on Twitter, Hi, the number five, the podcast. Email us at uh, High Five the Podcast. It's my five at high five the podcast.com. Remember, it is always all letter rows and no numeros. And we'll catch you guys later. Bye. I feel like, I feel like right here, I want to plug in. Uh, no doubt walking in a spider web do it do it right now as as we're as we're exiting yep Bye. we have reached the end of another high five the podcast episode it's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E 
P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast. On Twitter at high the number five the podcast. Instagram at high five the podcast. Or on Letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? (laughs) Moving the headstones but not moving the bodies? Maybe. See you next week. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.